1: Welcome to Dr. Gina Primetime. Let's get right down to it. Big news night. Right before the show last night, the news broke that Hunter Biden's taxes are under investigation by federal prosecutors. My initial gut reaction last night is the same as it is today. Do not get excited about this. I even posted this on my first ever TikTok, which I'm not into TikTok, but my son says I should post something on there. I was so mad about this, I did. I hate to say this, but Hunter Biden is not going to prison and neither is anyone around him. You see, the DC elite have perfected the art of sham investigations. And I believe that's what this is. When the deep state investigates itself, what do you think it's gonna find? Remember when former FBI Director James Comey came to the podium and announced that all the illegal activity he found committed by Hillary Clinton was really nothing? Remember that? Then he proceeded to clear her of all the wrongdoing and said she was just a little reckless, don't worry, nothing to see here, she learned her lesson, won't do it again, right? Remember back when news broke about Hillary Clinton being investigated, conservatives were giddy at the thought of Hillary Clinton seeing orange or stripes or something? The epitome of the D.C. swamp soon in prison, they thought. Well, not so much. That's just not how it works when the deep state investigates the deep state. When an investigation is announced of a swamp creature like Hunter Biden or Hillary Clinton, the media narrative is set to give the illusion of a real investigation. So the big news conference can happen where the politician is then cleared of all char- all charges, and then news media can then repeat for days on every newscast that the swamp tellers are squeaky clean. And you can get the idea that these are just clean people who should never be investigated in the first place, right? You can't drain the swamp using the swamp. The swamp doesn't drain itself. There's only one way to drain the swamp, it takes an outsider. And that is precisely why President Trump is so despised by politicians on all sides. If you ever wondered why, why do they hate him so bad, this is why. So don't get excited about Hunter Biden. And don't get excited when you hear about the swamp investigating itself. It will never amount to anything. Mark my words. This commentary will age well. There is no amount of investigating itself that The Swamp will ever achieve anything. Electing outsiders is the only way to do it. It is always going to be an uphill battle and you can always see the links that they will go to to hold on to power. And this is why. But the swampy leftists are having a harder time holding on to power these days because you, the American public, are on to them. I know it's hard to stay optimistic, but look at these election results. Donald Trump got 74 million votes, and I can promise you that every one of those votes was legit. And there are probably a lot more uncounted Trump ballots out there that we may never know about. The other guy that the swamp is calling President-Elect, well, it's the first time I've ever said that in about four years, well, the cheaters had to work for days to come up with enough fake ballots to overcome the huge lead that Trump had on election night because of you. And remember that you're not alone. And the more that freedom-loving patriots is simple, the more that the swamp creatures have to expose themselves. You may not be able to investigate them, but you can shine the light of truth on them, and you are. And you can be optimistic that there are a lot of American-loving patriots out there just like you. All right, time to go around the world with us. First, to Carrie Sheffield, and she has a report on how congressional Republicans are really happy with how many conservatives turned out in this election. How about that, Carrie? Hey there, Dr. Gina. Yes, want to let you know on the House front,
0: on the House GOP front, we had the chairman of the National Republican Congressional Committee on our program. He's the top boss for fundraising and campaign strategy for House Republicans. He had a very good year this year, um, and he's keeping his job for the 2022 cycle. His name is Tom Emmer, a congressman from Minnesota. And the congressman said himself that Trump's influence is here to stay on the party within the GOP. Um, the GOP picked up at least 10 10- seats in the house Um, and this morning congressman emmer joined my program we talked about the fact that polling was so far off um, because poll after poll within the liberal media said that house republicans were going to be just just completely pummeled uh, in the election that just happened Um, and Uh, Congressman Emmer said that his own internal polling was very different and showed in race after race that races were much more competitive and in some cases the Republican was winning despite the media polls being so far off. Um, He said that going forward they're going to continue their recruitment. They said part of why they were so successful this go around is that they cast a wide net in recruiting good talent. Um, They noted that all of the seats that were won by the Republicans this year were either a veteran, a minority or a female. Um, So they said they got a much more diverse slate. Um, of candidates who won this go around including 18 women a record number of republican women are going to be entering the house this go round congressman tom emmer is proud of that and we're going to keep our eye on him back to you dr gina
1: To denver to jessica rivera jessica what do you have for us tonight
2: Gina, we are talking about the 27th Amendment with many businesses uh, going out of business, Americans losing their jobs and no help from the government anywhere in sight. Many are asking if Congress should be forced to forego their paychecks till hurting Americans, get the much needed help and money they deserve and are frankly owed. But what are the legalities of holding paychecks from Congress? Well, the 27th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution says, no law varying the compensation for the services of the senators and representatives shall take effect until an election of representatives shall have intervened. So the answer is, it's not very clear. The amendment came from President James Madison's belief that Congress should not be allowed to just give themselves raises whenever they felt like it without their constituents voting on it. But critics of the 27th amendment say that withholding is technically not raising or lowering the paycheck amount Rather, it's just not paying it. And supporters of the 27th Amendment say withholding a paycheck is absolutely lowering it. So Dr. Gina, it really has to do more with semantics and what the words really do mean and what did the forefathers intend with the amendment. But the thought remains that Congress should not get paid until they pass another relief bill. And maybe, just maybe, that would give them the incentive to stop arguing and trying to figure out what's in it for them just get it done for the American people. But for now, the 27th Amendment has never been taken to the Supreme Court in order for it to be interpreted. So Congress will continue to be unaffected by their decision-making or lack thereof. Dr. Gina?
1: I think if if it were me making the rules, they wouldn't get paid, and that that would take effect permanently, retroactively, so that they didn't get paid at all for the checks that they miss until uh, until the country is opened up, not so much until uh, the relief is set in place, but until the country is open again, until they figure out what to do to make the country open again. Jessica, is there anything like that on the table? No.
2: <laughs> no, there really isn't. I think there's um, governors uh, con- constitutionally in their own states. Um, they do different things. And But it, what's interesting is when I researched, there's only three governors who have actually uh, been big enough to actually take pay cuts or not even take the pay Um, And what they all have in common is, Dr. Gina, they're all Republican governors.
1: Yeah, who are those governors if you know them off the top
2: of your head? I do, so Alabama Governor Robert Bentley, back when he was in, he didn't take it until his state was at full employment. Uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott, as long as he's been in office, he's never taken a paycheck. And the same with California Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger, which I lived there when he did. And as much as people disliked him, the man never took a paycheck. He actually, he gave it back just like uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott.
1: And just like President Trump, who's also donated his paycheck every single term. And I believe he's the only president to have done that. Jessica, thank you so much for that report. I always find your reports so informative and appreciate you so much. Of course, Dr. Gina. All right, I uh, wanna head on over to Jerusalem to God Kalev. So much happening in the Middle East these days. Go ahead with your report, Gal.
3: Thanks Dr. Gina. Jews here in Israel and around the world are celebrating the holiday of Hanukkah this week. Marking events that occurred in Jerusalem in the second century BC with an invader coming from Europe, the Greeks. And unlike other invaders, they didn't just wanna collect taxes and gain territory. They wanted to impose their own values and their own narratives on the local population, paganism, universalism. They desecrated the Jewish temple, put in their idols, the Jews rebelled, miraculously succeeded, and in Hanukkah, we mock that miracle and give thanks to God. But I think it also symbolizes the beginning of the European-Israeli relationship that tends to be sugar-coated. It's rather riddled with conflict. Shortly after the Greek, another invaders from Europe came, the Romans. They, as we know, destroyed the Jewish temple, exiled the Jews, mostly to Europe, and were not particularly nice to the Jews during those long exile years in Europe. When Jews came back and re-established a Jewish state, Europe became an ally and an important friend, but still uh, tend to be rather critical of Israel in just about everything we do here. And again, trying to impose their values of secularism, of universalism, uh, believing that that somehow will lead to peace. So, Gina, I think one of the greatest things about living in Jerusalem is that you don't just get to live amongst history; you get to experience history in the present in a very meaningful and profound way. Back to you, Gina.
1: Such a great point, Gall, and and I have some uh, commentary about that today in doctor's orders that I think you'll appreciate, and happy Hanukkah to you as well. This is, of course, the first night of Hanukkah. Coming up, YouTube has drawn a line in the sand. You are not allowed to question the results of this election, or your content will be removed. Just who do they think they are? More Dr. Gina Primetime coming at you right after this. Don't go away.
2: Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery.
1: Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. YouTube making some big news and not in a good way. The headline from justthenews.com. Goes a little something like this. YouTube to remove videos challenging the 2020 election, but Russia collusion videos left uncensored. Surprise, surprise. Here with us right now to discuss the host of SmackDown himself, Daryl Scott. It airs right here on Real America's Voice, RAV, on Saturdays at 7 p.m. Uh, Pastor Scott, I almost said Dr. Scott, but you're a doctor too. You got all the street cred in the world. I don't even know which <laughs> title to give you. Anyway, it's so good to have you on our show, You and All the Letters Behind Your Name. Who do they think they are at YouTube? See, somebody like you, with all your distinguished degrees, you might have a right to make some calls like this. But the ding-dongs at YouTube, I, you know, this is just flabbergasting to me. The double standard, uh, the hypocrisy, Right. Um, and and just making these rules that seem to come completely out of left field, quite, quite, quite perfectly out of left field, actually. Um, it, and, and the fact that they think that they can get away with this and then have the protection of, of the law on their side. Isn't it high time, Pastor, that they are regulated like a utility?
4: Oh, absolutely. And first of all, thank you for having me on. But absolutely. You know, I, I've said it uh, numerous times that the left-wing media and big tech—they were not in collusion regarding the election. It was a conspiracy, and now yeah. it seems as if YouTube is saying, "Better late than never." They've joined this conspiracy of suppression on one end, exaggeration on another end. And now they're trying to suppress, you know, anything that questions the integrity of this election. It's a conspiracy. C-O-N-spiracy. <laughs> and they're, they're, they've, they've joined in. They've joined in with, once again, Twitter, Facebook, the left-wing media. They've all joined together to endeavor to advance the notion that anyone questioning the integrity of this Election is either, you know, we're sore losers, it's sour grapes, we're delusional, we're crazy, uh, we're nuts, we're psychos, we're anti-American. They're trying to f- foster that narrative, which is anything but the truth. They know they're wrong, and but they're going to continue to advance their wrongdoing.
1: You know, the thing that always occurs to me, Pastor, is that without our First Amendment rights, we... Mm-hmm we wouldn't they wouldn't exist first of all they wouldn't exist without the right to free speech there wouldn't be any of these platforms they wouldn't exist in in the form that they do in the first place because if you couldn't speak freely uh there wouldn't be the space. There wouldn't be the uh, the content for these spaces to exist to the degree they exist. So it's almost as if you know how you know how your grandma always says, "Don't cut off your nose to spite your face." At least my grandma used to yeah. say that. You know, you don't cut out the chair that you're sitting on. You know, it just almost seems like that's what they're doing. Like they don't even realize that this is the train that brought you here. You just don't bomb that train, and that's what they're doing, right?
4: You're absolutely right. You know, they've gotten too big for their britches, and they need to be smacked down. There has to be some type of oversight. (laughs) I had to get that plug in. in. There has to be some type of oversight, some type of regulation, some type of parameters that they must operate in. They can't claim to advance free speech on one end and suppress free speech on another. I mean, YouTube is something that you don't want children to have unfettered access to because of the filth and the smut that they allow on them. Yet, anyone questioning with clear evidence, anyone presenting or suggesting clear evidence of irregularities or illegalities are being denied access to this platform, that's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, you know, I didn't realize, just by chance the other day, I didn't realize Twitter actually has hardcore porn on Twitter. Yeah. I, I I know I've been on there like since it started and I didn't realize until the other day I was just going through my normal, you know, looking at the normal stream and all of a sudden I was like, whoa, goodness. How did yeah. I follow that person? Um, I don't know if their account got taken over or what happened, but uh, anyway, um, you know, and so really the, the pornography that is out there is, and I am talking about really bad. Um, and not just anything soft, like stuff that I didn't even know you could even get on television. Um, and and so if that's on there, and yet they, I, I go to retweet the president of the United States, and that is censored, but I can retweet hard porn easily. I, I'm assuming I could. I didn't try, but it was right there. It looks like I could. Um, I, I am wondering what is happening in our world that we are so upside down that, that pornography is fine for our children to see, for anyone to retweet, um, but what the president of the United States says is not retweetable.
4: You're right. I had a similar experience. A guy came on, a critic, and I was going to respond to the criticism, but I had to check. I said, this guy might be a bot. So let me check first to see if it's a bot. And when I went over there, I was like, whoa, let me get this, you know, And and, and you're absolutely right, but they allow that uncensored, unfettered, unhindered, unrestricted. But here we are, the President of the United States. And you know, I get so sick, Dr. Gina, of every time I look at one of the President's tweets or his suggestions, that there's this this disclaimer across the bottom of it. You know, they're telling us, they're taking away our ability to think for ourselves. They're letting us know that no, you know, any suggestion of this impropriety is wrong, that we can't even, we can't even entertain that notion. And once again, it, it reeks of conspiracy. They've conspired. They, they hated this president so much that they would destroy this country, the foundations that this country is built upon. They will undermine the ideals and the principles and the integrity of this country just to remove him from office. And now I see certain people that were some of our main antagonists saying that now, now they've adopted Rodney King's mantra, can't we all just get along? Can't you guys just take it on the chin? We can all get along now. It's over, just let it go and we can all be friends. No, 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 no. We can't just let it slide. You're talking about some hypocrites that pissed and moaned for the last four years. and Now all of a sudden they want everything to be bygones and bygones after they've committed grand theft. Grand, grand theft, theft. largely. That's all yeah. it is.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and, and four years ago, I knew that you know we had to contend with the Democrats. I knew that we had to contend with the far left contingent that was out there. I had no idea. Um, The way that big tech really does control everything we see um, and the way that they would unite all together um, in in such an effort to truly, I want to say, commit mind control over our republic, as what I have come to believe is the greatest threat to our republic. It isn't that the ideas of the left are a threat to our republic. I don't believe they are. But i think it's simply because the ideas of the left are not a big enough threat to our republic that they've resorted to taking over and using mind control um tactics uh straight out of stalin <laughs> straight out of straight from lenin straight from alinsky uh straight from i'm gonna say it nazi germany uh and propagandists yeah. uh, propagandists that throughout our history um and and that, those are the tactics they're using In conjunction with Pastor, um, modern era technological advancements that they can use now, um, including tracking our own interests, our own psychological tendencies and likes and dislikes and those kinds of things that they have all the access and data to, um, to try and sway us. Those are some scary psychological, sociological, spiritual factors. I'm going to let you speak to that, Pastor.
4: Uh, you're absolutely right. As mental manipulation is socio psychological manipulation, and then they're producing a herd mentality that, and they're presenting the um, facade that if it does appear on our platform, if we allow it to appear, on our platform, then it's true. They've made themselves, they set themselves up as arbiters of truth and the ultimate uh, conscience of America. And you know, look at this. Every time something is stated by the right, or they have to at least uh, mention some allegations or accusations by the right, they use the words such as debunked and unfounded. And now you have this, this omniscient body of mysterious people behind the curtain with the Wizard of Oz, the fact-checkers. And now, the fact-check said this, and fact, who the hell is fact-check? Fact-check said that. Fact-check said this, and those are unfounded, and those are debunked. And so, they keep rehearsing those, that mantra, over and over in the ears of the American public, and it's basically subtle hypnosis. Like you say, mental manipulation, mind control, social-psychological uh, uh, manipulation, and uh, as well as a lot of peer pressure. And they keep repeating this over and over and over and over and over in the ears of the American public to the point that it is subtle and the American public is swallowing it, and they don't even know they're swallowing it. And it's sad. It's, It's sad. It's a sad indictment against them, and it's a sad state of being for the American public, for the average citizen that simply wants to get up, go to work, come home, and believe what they see and hear on the
3: news.
1: And folks on the left don't seem to care about this, but they don't seem to understand no. that most games can be played two ways. They could lose their voice just as easily. And in fact, most of the people on the left are made, the, the left is generally made up, at least the rank and file left, not the not the power left. But the rank and file left is mostly made up of smaller disenchant, disenfranchised groups of minorities, I and mean, that's just traditionally anyway, that's the way it's been. Now, I realize that Donald Trump has changed a lot of that, but I'm saying traditionally, that's what the left has subsisted of, that's how they've garnered their votes and all the rest, and we all know that. Um, knowing that, if you just look at history and socialism and and First Amendment rights and Second Amendment rights, um, they're the first to go down, Pastor. They're the first ones to get on the trains, right? They're the first ones to become truly throttled and truly persecuted and truly killed, frankly. That's the way societies crumble, and they're the first to go. Do they not recognize that? that That's the part that, you know, my background is just minority enough that I recognize that, and I have a very keen awareness of of that part of me, and, and it's because of that, that I am such a fighter on these issues. I don't understand, and I, and I know that that's part of what motivates you as well, um, I don't understand how anyone who has a past that has been, uh, your ancestry has been um, manipulated or disenfranchised or, or, or hurt in some form, doesn't wanna fight like heck for these things.
4: You're absolutely right. And you said something that's very profound. The first step in controlling masses is to control what they're allowed to see and control what they're allowed to hear. And yes. then, you know, you restrict the hearing and seeing of some things, you advance the hearing and promote the hearing and seeing of other things, and then you make those that are not a part of this herd mentality. Make them to be the, 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 the outcast or the reject or the psycho. Like they're crazy because they don't see things that we see. And they're crazy because they don't subscribe to the same uh, line of reasoning or thinking that we subscribe to. But the only reason we're subscribing right. to this line of reasoning or thinking is because that's what we've been programmed to subscribe to. And that's what the left is endeavoring to do brainwash and systematically manipulate society, American society. Uh, for whatever their sinister and nefarious purposes are. And it's a shame before God. I thank God, you know, Donald Trump coined the term, he introduced the term into the American vernacular, fake news. And that was a warning signal to a number of people to say, listen, I've got to be more discerning and discretionary as to what I believe and what I don't believe, what I accept and what I reject, because I realize now, he's shining the light on it, I realize now, that those people on out here in the news organization that are supposed to be telling me the truth? No, they're not always telling me the truth, and they have sinister purposes. They don't have America's well-being at heart in their political stances. And it's, you know, he's, he's, he's it's been a wake-up call for a lot of people, and you know what? Even the people on the left will admit, this election is tainted. This election has been tainted. Yeah. There's a lot of irregularities, there's a lot of illegalities, and it probably was stolen, but, hey, we just got to accept that and try not to let them steal it
1: next time. 30% yeah. of Democrats admit that they don't think this election was, was, uh, was right. So uh, you're exactly right. Well, good friend of the president's. You know, and of course, the host, the smash hit Smackdown with Pastor, with just Daryl Scott, Pastor Doctor. He's got so many titles we didn't even know what to call, so we just said Smackdown with Daryl Scott. We're so proud to have you aboard with us here at RAV, Real America's Voice. Thank you for being with us. I want everyone to make sure you put it in your calendar right now. Every single Saturday, 7 p.m right here on RAV SmackDown with Daryl Scott. Thanks for being with us. Coming up, today is a big day at the Supreme Court for the future of the Trump campaign and, of course, the Trump presidency. We're going to tell you all about it. Stay right with us. Up next on Dr. Gina Prime Times stick around.
2: CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
1: Welcome back to Dr. Gina Prime Time. Now listen, before we go on, I want to check in with my buddy Damon and the boys over at Live from Studio 6B.
4: Hey, Dr. G, good to be with you live from Studio 6B, 8 p.m. right here on Real America's Voice. What are we going to talk about tonight? Well, as we sit here and wait for the Supreme Court, I said this last time in the show, and I'll say it again, we're going to find out, do we have contextualists, do we have textualists on this court or not? What happened in Pennsylvania was a clear violation of Article 2 of the federal constitution. It was also a uh, violation of the Pennsylvania state constitution. So we're going to find out, does the uh, Supreme Court take this case? Uh, do they listen to this case? Do they say what happened in Pennsylvania cannot happen? Do we have laws? Do we have a constitution that matters or not? We're going to find out. A lot of people say there's no chance they take this case. We'll talk about it tonight, 8 p.m., live from Studio 6 b right here on Real America's Voice. Dr. G, back to you.
1: All right. And, uh, Jay, I want you to find out if you can get that, uh, get Damon to sign that sweatshirt for me and send it to me. And that's just so he won't wear it on that show again. <laughs> Today, I'm sorry. I love you, Damon. Today is a big day at the Supreme Court for the future of the Trump campaign and the Trump presidency. I really do love Damon. He is the best of the best. Uh, The headline, how can I say something mean about Damon? The nicest guy in the whole world, but I just don't like sweatshirts. That's just me. Headline from Just the News today says the Trump campaign in 18 other states joined Texas motion to Supreme Court seeking delay of election results. And today was the deadline for the states named in that suit to send their reply to the Supreme Court. So what does this mean? Constitutional attorney Chris Ann Hall with us now. Chris Ann, today was the deadline to hear back from the states named in that Supreme Court lawsuit from the Texas AG. Can you tell us what we were expecting to hear from those states?
5: Well, I think what we're expecting to hear from the states is is what we're actually seeing from the people who are in a disagreement. You had a, an amicus brief filed by so-called cons, uh, conservative uh, lawmakers and uh, legal scholars who claim there are three three problems with the Texas lawsuit. But you have to be very careful. Uh, Dr. Gina, because these claims are not actually accurate to the lawsuit itself. So they they say that the Texas lawsuit is challenging the election results of another state. It's actually not doing that at all. It's not about the results. It's about the fact that the votes counted were counted contrary to state law and that bureaucrats or the courts said that uh, changed what the state actually said. They're gonna tell you that it violates the principles of Article 2, Section 1, which is quite ironic because Article 2, Section 1 is actually about the choosing of electors. This lawsuit is not about choosing the electors. It's about certifying uh, the certification of unlawfully obtained votes. And it's really kind of ironic that they want to make that claim, when in reality, the unlawfully certified votes violate Article 2, Section 1 of the Constitution. And the third claim that they're making, which is also rather amusing to me, given that it's coming from the left, is that the lawsuit from Texas and the 20 other states is an unprecedented expansion of federal power. Now, this is so laughable, given the fact that this lawsuit, which is one state, one or more states suing one or more other states, is actually in the Article Three realm of jurisdiction for the Supreme Court, unlike the many cases that we see who are brought to the Supreme Court bootstrapped by some argument attached by a misapplication of the 14th Amendment or or some element found hiding in the Constitution's penumbras. So this lawsuit is actually based in Constitution. It's based in fact. And these states have standing because they actually have an interest in the outcome because the presidential election is choosing the representative for the states.
1: This is so confusing to a layperson, Chris-Ann. I mean, I hate to say it. And I think it really comes down to the leanings of the Supreme Court, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we. I, isn't that really what? The, I mean, we, we. can talk. If you, if you are a constitutional attorney, I can find, I can match a constitutional attorney who can make an argument to counter exactly what you're saying and use just as, as impressive of language as you're using. Um, and and and, I, and I'm sure I agree with you when I really look <laughs> at it. I mean, I, I understand the Constitution well enough. I think I've studied it most of my life um but i really think when it all is said and done um the fact is that the supreme court doesn't always come down on a um on on the most um, true Truly, know, what's the word I'm looking for? I know that I know that there's a very specific legal uh, terminology mm-hmm. I'm looking for. Um, uh, interpretation of the Supreme of of the Constitution, rather. Um, it really comes down to what the Supreme Court decides and what their leaning is, right? And so I guess what I'd like for you to speak to is, you know, almost I hate to say this, but the psychology of the justices. Yeah. Well, Dr.
5: Gina, you are absolutely right. For 176 years, uh, the Supreme Court has gotten the issues of the Constitution, the rights of the people, wrong many times. And so when I talk about how it's supposed to go, you know, what I'm What I speak of is not based on opinion, but actually based on the text of the Constitution. And let me say, I I know
1: that you I know that you are a strict constructionalist. And I understand that. And that's the word I was looking for, I believe, um, as Mm -hmm. rather than what's the opposite of a constructionalist? Well, the living, breathing document people. Yes, exactly. And that those people think that the Constitution changes as it as Mm -hmm. it grows and as we change as a society. Um, And and so it's interpretable, basically. Um, And Mm -hmm. and yes. And so so I understand that you are not in that line of thinking. And I didn't mean to infer that at all. Please continue. No,
5: no, no, no. (laughs) But you're you're absolutely right, though. It does fall down in what exactly does the Supreme Court see, because in the constitution uh this is an issue of original jurisdiction and the really the only reasons that the supreme court should be denying this is lack of standing or some real strong facial argument the problem is is that you now have a supreme court that is more politically bound than anything else and I, i've been explaining to people that the supreme court could refuse to hear this case Simply because they don't want to be the entity that becomes the deciding factor in a, such a conver- controversial political election, they would rather it fall on someone
1: else. So they'll come up with but some see, but kind see, that of excuse not to take the case. Because, but, but that bothers me. Just have a backbone, right? I mean, isn't that the whole yeah. purpose of? of our supreme court i mean i understand right. that they may not like it because they don't they <laughs> like to have their white gloves on and not get them dirty but but our country needs them right now to do the yes. right thing to say that elections have to be Right, fair and they have to be done well. And we can't just let states come in and make up their own rules as they go along and stick votes in where they weren't before and stop elections at midnight and then in the middle of the night decide to resume them at 3 a.m. so that they can put in a bunch of ballots that weren't there before and they can throw out ballots that they don't like. That can't happen. And if that did happen, we need our Supreme Court to intercede in our republic right now, constitutionally, more than maybe we've ever needed them before.
5: Yeah, that's absolutely true. Uh, What we need are Supreme Court justices with a backbone to yes. actually live up to their oath to support and defend the Constitution and not political yes. leanings and try to hide from accountability or shirk responsibility. Uh, but that bottom line is, you that's where it's really going to hinge. Are we gonna have a Supreme Court that has the fortitude to do what's actually right by the Constitution, right by the people, right by the states who are tasked with selecting the President of the United States, or are they going to do what's convenient, what's comfortable, and what's politically correct for themselves?
1: And that, and that really is the question. For states like Florida, where you and I reside, um, it's insulting that other states didn't do their due diligence Chrisanne, and make sure, ensure that their elections were done correctly, right? And, and not that Florida hasn't had its troubled past, but to the degree that Florida has worked to clean that up. And, and you look at a state like Florida that had a million, a million more votes for Donald Trump this time than the last time, just putting it succinctly, um, 2020 compared to 2016. And you look at our neighbor, Georgia, and all of this confusion there, right? And we're supposed mm-hmm. to believe that our neighbor Georgia, with a with this you know landscape pretty much like Florida, um, had such a distinct difference in their voting. It, it just see these kinds of things just don't make sense. I don't know if the justices, you know, I mean, I worry when I see people like AG Barr and and some of his, you know, kind of mealy mouthedness on this stuff. I worry about what their news sources are. I don't know that they're watching RAV Real America's Voice. I don't know that they're reading um, opinions from people like you. Um, I don't know that they're strict constructionists all the way around. Some of them, I believe, are. But I I really am concerned that what you said, they don't want to be in the middle of something so politically volatile that they're going to just try to pass the buck somehow. Lay that out for us. What does that look like if they try to pass the buck? Well, if they try to pass the buck, I mean, like I
5: said, they'll simply say that the states don't have standing or that the case is without merits. It's gonna have to be something pretty strong because according to the constitution, this is a matter of original jurisdiction. There's no appeal to go through. The Supreme Court is the trier of fact and the trier of law. And it's more than just simply insulting to the states uh, like Florida, it's actually, contractually a violation of one state to not follow the Constitution. These are not just simply states who have decided not to follow the law. These are states who have law and their bureaucracies outside the legislative body have not followed the law. So we have legislators who have created laws, and now all of a sudden, either the bureaucracy or the courts have decided that they're going to change the law, which is a violation of separation of powers. And it violates the relationship, that contract that the states have with each other in good faith of the Constitution.
1: Chris Ann Hall, always good to get the information from you. How can we get you on the Supreme Court? Thanks for being with us today. We appreciate you. Thank you, Dr. Gina. My pleasure. Coming up, Twitter having so much fun at Congressman Eric Swalwell's expense. I don't know why I can't talk all of a sudden. And uh, actually, we're going to have a little fun at his expense, too, up next on Dr. Gina Prime Time. Stay with us.
3: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: Welcome back to Dr. Gina Prime Time. so glad you're with us tonight. Congressman Eric Swalwell is really being raked over the coals on social media. It's so bad, in fact, that I almost feel sorry for him, but not quite. He called President Trump and his family Russian agents for years with literally no evidence that it was true. And now he's been busted being pretty cozy with a Chinese spy. Fang Fang, I think it is. Anyway, the Media Research Center did a great job of keeping track of all the times Swalwell has accused Trump of being an agent of the Russian government. Let's watch a few of those.
4: The question has shifted uh, from whether the president is working with the Russians
2: to what evidence exists uh, that the president is not working uh, with the Russians.
4: You're a member of the judiciary. Do you believe the president right now has been an agent of the Russians? Yes, I, I think there's more evidence than he agent. is. Yes. What's We're dumb not, is, that, is that. Really? So the every Republican president Congress who met with is, is committing treason. President who went over to Helsinki, had a private meeting, agreed to turn over a U.S. ambassador to an enemy, and sided with them over our own intelligence committee. At what point do you draw a line and say that's not a U.S. president? Okay. That's just the prime minister of Russia defending the president of Russia.
5: He's betrayed our country, and I don't. I don't
2: say that.
1: Donald Trump Jr. destroyed Congressman Swalwell on Twitter. His tweet said. You know, there's actually a tiny part of me that wants to congratulate Representative Swalwell for getting a real live woman to be intimate with him, even if she was a Chinese communist spy. Ouch! Here with me now to help us make fun of the hypocrite of the year, Eric Swalwell, in studio with me, Karen Turk. Karen, good to see you. Uh, you know, it's just crazy all of this going on, Karen, and. Uh, I just wanna ask, do you feel sorry for him?
6: I don't feel at all sorry for him, little fang, fang, bang, bang, it's exactly (laughs) what it is.
1: Well, you know, and, and I think you have to say that sometimes, you know, what goes around comes around, and it definitely came back to him, didn't it? This is karma at its finest. Yeah, karma at its finest. All right, Karen, I saw Rudy Giuliani trending on Twitter today. I'm sure you saw it, too. When you see people's names trending, especially on Twitter, and if it's conservative, you figure something horrible happened to them, so you automatically think the worst. But it it wasn't necessarily bad news. Rudy's back and uh, on the job, recovered from COVID even faster than the president, mm-hmm. um, and uh, he, uh, you know... It, it, you know the left is probably very upset about this but uh, the reality is that he is back at work and seems to be doing really well
6: he is he's doing great and you can see some of the articles out there they're already ripping on him saying that he was treated like a celebrity just like the president and that they're not getting you know regular americans aren't getting the care that you know these celebrities do but they're 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 grasping for something anything that they can do to take a shot at a conservative they're going to take a shot well do you
1: know why regular americans aren't getting the same treatment it's because the media attacks the treatment every time it works remember hydroxychloroquine Mm -hmm, yeah i had to get hydroxychloroquine when i had COVID. i had to practically go on the black market to get it i had to practically i had to get my own doctor that i knew from way back to kind of quietly prescribe it to a compounding pharmacy then we had to call like 20 different pharmacies to find one that would actually fill this prescription because no one would fill it yeah, And so it, and it's because of what the media did of to course. hydroxychloroquine, which is a cheap, easy drug to get. So that's the reason why people can't. So. Well, they want to perpetuate it. If they can't keep people sick, then there's no more story. Exactly, exactly. All right. New poll out from Just the News today. Nearly half of all voters overestimate the number of additional U.S. deaths uh, amid this COVID pandemic. And no wonder, because the media has totally sensationalized it, like we talked about. Nineteen percent of those surveys uh, surveyed accurately guessed that Access deaths in the United States have been within range of 10% this year, while 47% of voters um, thought that the number was higher, from 25% to 50% to twice as many. Um, that's amazing if you think about it. Wow. And that's what the media does. They, they distort this. They blow it up. If you change around to the Alphabet Soup legacy media... All you hear is COVID. Literally all you hear is COVID. When the death rate is much lower than so many things that we're experiencing in everyday life.
6: It's it's the fear factor. It's a culture of crisis and they're doing it just to perpetuate a story. They gotta keep it going. They can't let it go. If they let it go, then they're proving that they failed and they're not willing to do that. They're not gonna give
1: it up. Exactly. All right, now it's time for our meme of the day. We have a play on the classic Steven Crowder, change my mind meme, but this one mixes it up just a little bit. An offended liberal is sitting at the table and the sign says, I'm offended, change your mind. And that is exactly what the left believes these days. If you don't agree with them, then you must need to change your mind. Don't you agree, Karen? Oh, sure. Yeah. We should just change our mind. Sure. And, and, and I guess that's what they totally expect every single time is that it's not you know if something offends them, then we should just change our mind. They're every offended by
6: everything. There's nothing they're not offended by. Mm-hmm. It's everything's offensive.
1: And then everything's it's incumbent offensive. on us to instead of instead of them thinking outside the box, just we should change our mind. You all can't the time. apply logic. No, you can't apply logic. Karen Turk, always great to have you. Thank you for being with us. And now it's time for doctors' orders, I want to say. Happy Hanukkah to my friends who celebrate today, and I am one who likes to celebrate Hanukkah. My trip to Israel changed me forever. I always, always wanted to go to Israel, and I didn't even know why. But there is no place in the world more emblematic of my identity than Israel. I was afraid to kind of open up that Pandora's box, but when I went to Israel, I realized it was something that... um, could make or break me spiritually, emotionally, in so many ways, but when I came back, I can say that that trip was nothing I needed to be afraid of in any any way, and it completed me in many ways, not just culturally and spiritually, but in ways that you may never have expected. My mind was broadened technologically, uh, certainly from a food perspective, artistically, politically, creatively, even economically, I can't begin to say how astonishing it was to see what I saw, to experience what I experienced, and, and just even just to get to know the people. This is where Mary and Martha read, right? This is where the, the cave, where the Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered. This is where Jesus walked. It's hard to believe that you can see so much in one day, but you can literally just experience the Bible, the Torah in one day. And uh, I had always believed that uh, the political preservation, I guess, of Israel was important due to my faith and my common sense, um, you know, as a Christian, but also just as a politically involved person. But after being in Israel, I saw with my own eyes a historical mm, imploration that seemed to come from the ages almost that told me that I would never again be the same in my fight, that this fight was forever more personal to me having experienced Israel. And that's why it means so much to me personally that our president, that Donald Trump, took on that fight in his own personal way as well. And I appreciate that from him. Thank you for joining me tonight, and thank you to everyone here at your home for Real News, the uncensored, the undaunted, R.A.V. News, Real America's Voice, live from Studio 6B, up next with Damon and the crew. Happy Hanukkah to you. Hug your children, love your God, go boldly now, and live the truth.